So let me say a sidebar here. Scott in no way, shape, or form knows that this podcast is going to be released on November 12th. <laughs> and on November 15th, which is a Sunday, is opening, opening day, day of gun rifle season in Michigan, of which many of our own members, I'm sure, will be in the woods hunting. Scott did not know that ahead of time, I don't believe. Uh, he's calling. But he will be watching to see who's here <laughs> and who's not. I Let it be known. I will be here. I'm not going to. You know, listen. I'd like to be hunting, but I'm not. <laughs> Softly and tenderly, Scott is calling. <laughs> Come home. Come There'll home. be an extra extra outpouring of blessing at church on yeah. this. <laughs> Will you hand out like beef jerky at the door? Oh, <laughs> no, we're going to be singing a quartet. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to be hunting. <laughs> this guy was reading with his wife out of Leviticus. Now, why people do that, right? You're like, what? But he was saying how it just dawned on him how much grace was in Leviticus because all these rules for the high priest to enter the Holy of Holies, yet you don't read of many of them dying, which they all probably should have when they right. went in there because they were yeah. all guilty. And there's no way they did the bathing right every time. There's no way they did all this stuff right. But God in his grace just allowed them to, to live. Welcome there to Pastors of the Roundtable. It's good to be with you today. Pastors of the Roundtable is the discipleship podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church and is brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. Uh, together, we want to encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and to connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. Uh, today, we want to pick up a series that we have um, left uh, left for a little bit, but we want to come back this week to the Screw Tape Letters. Going back through the the book, the Screw Tape Letters, written by C.S. Lewis. Awful intently. <laughs> what were you doing there? I want to see how big it was. Thirty ounces. Oh, your cup. Yeah, it's empty. Is that the yeah. I'm thirsty? Yeah. Sorry, for interrupting. Okay, so so that was Tim Michelangeli who was looking at his cup. Matt Bates who's laughing. He's the music immediate pastor here at the church. Scott Slater's family pastor. My name is Spencer Snow. I'm the discipleship pastor here. So we want to pick up the uh, screw tape letters uh, this week, written by C.S. Lewis. We want to look at screw tape letter number twelve, and we want to look at this this letter, the single letter. Of course, screw tape is the uh, fictional. Uh, uncle, senior demon, tempter, who's writing to his nephew, Wormwood, about how the best way to tempt this patient, uh, who's a Christian, that is uh, newly along in his Christian life, and he wants to tempt him to lead him away from the, the Christian faith. And this week, in Screwtape Letter letter 12, uh, Screwtape is writing to Wormwood, his nephew, and he's actually going to this week talk to him about how to use spiritual sloth. Maybe we would even think about it as backsliding, uh, laziness, but really to, to allow spiritual deadness to be used to your advantage. Um, in that way. The first thing he says here, he opens up here and he tells Wormwood that it's actually okay for the patient, this man, to be a churchgoer as long as this is only an external habit. Uh, Screwtape writes and says this um, through, of course, C.S. Lewis writing it, but he must not, he, the patient, the, the Christian, the man, must not be allowed to suspect that he is now, however slowly, heading right away from the sun on a line which will carry him into the cold and dark of utmost space. 
For this reason, I am almost glad to hear that he is still a churchgoer and a communicant. As long as he retains externally the habits of a Christian, he can still be made to think of himself as one who has adopted a few new friends and amusements, but whose spiritual state is much the same as it was six weeks ago. He's saying that it's it's okay here to allow this guy to maintain his church-going habits, to maintain going to the Lord's Supper, um, as long as it just remains an external thing for him mm-hmm. and is a habit. Is it possible, guys, for somebody to simply be a member of a church and yet not have real spiritual life? Is that a possibility today? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but should it? Probably not. But is it going? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the, right. But I guess as long as we still have the work church in this world, yeah, right. The visible church yeah, yeah, is yeah. always going to have people mm-hmm. who are hypocrites, yeah, absolutely. who look one way, but they're actually another thing inside. Sure. What what do we do about that danger? Yeah, I mean, I think a term that's been said nowadays is nominal, nominal Christians, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. carnal Christian. Yeah, just but we can't really call them Christians because they're not Christians, but people who, yeah, play the part, you know, and every church probably has people like that. They, they'll come to church pretty regularly today, even that term regularly <laughs> right. is like twice a month maybe mm-hmm. for some people. Maybe they come every Sunday, uh, but yeah, their their heart hasn't been changed. They're doing it to earn something. They're doing it for favor. They're doing it to please a parent or to please a spouse, maybe, or to make themselves look good in the community, mm-hmm. maybe. Maybe it looks good to go to church uh, for the community. And so this is what they this is what they do, and they're very just moralistic, you know, and it's uh, something that you have to preach against, actually. Uh, and sadly, I think a lot of good faithful Christians struggle with this, wondering, is this me? Mm-hmm. Because we all sense that at times, the things that we do are just external because of our sin. And so we struggle with that even mm-hmm. as true believers. Uh, we still confess that before the Lord, I think, at, at times in our life. But I've heard some crazy stats about this before. Mm-hmm. Like, 90% of your church is this. Yeah, I've People heard that have said, too. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that's true. Um, but I've heard some pretty big numbers, you know, all the way up and through that range. Yeah. Saying, pastors, you can expect this percentage of your church is actually lost. Yeah. Or your membership is actually lost. Mm-hmm. And this is the reason why. Right. Right. It's possible to be a part of, of, an ex, of a visible church. Yeah. But to be a non-living <laughs> member, a part of that visible church community and it's possible to even look like a really devoted christian externally sure. right it's very possible to to um well, I mean, judas judas was was trusted with the money <clears throat> that means that he was trusted by everybody else it, it doesn't seem like if they knew that he was stealing at the time they wouldn't have let him have the money bag mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. judas looked like and he did miracles right he preached the mm-hmm. gospel he cast out demons he was a part of the inner 12, and yet he apostatized, and he showed himself to be a, a hypocrite, yeah. mm-hmm. a fake. Yeah. I mean, the point of what Screwtape is writing when he's saying that is the idea of you're not trying the way to trick someone into thinking that they're okay when they're actually not, to lead them, mm. as he's talking, to hell. is It's not that you're trying to get them to 
go to the extreme. Like, right. oh, hey, yeah, I'm following God now. It, you, like, your goal, I mean, speaking from their perspective as a demon, mm-hmm. your goal is not to get them to utterly renounce and now be a Muslim or mm-hmm. a Buddhist or right. something else or an atheist. It's just let them think that they're okay, mm-hmm. but allow them to indulge in what they see as little sins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like that. I don't know if this is true or real, but I've heard it where... If you put a you know put a frog in a pot of water <coughs> yeah. that's regular water and then turn the heat up and he'll just yeah. stay in there until he dies doesn't even realize mm-hmm. what's happening kind of the same thing mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah gradually so. turn it up mm-hmm. yeah so and also one of the things he says is that instead of really repenting practicing repentance of specific sins he'll then just be left with a vague feeling of uneasiness so what happens is is that gradual turning up the heat or turning down the heat maybe mm-hmm. otherwise as well is that you no longer are practicing specific repentance and turning away from sin unto God. Your Christianity becomes vaguer and vaguer and vaguer. Mm-hmm. And, and so then you, your, your walk with the Lord externally or whatever becomes less real. And um, you just kind of drift away slowly. Isn't it interesting? I think in Hebrews even, the writers of the Hebrews says that, that mm-hmm. you've got to be careful that you don't just drift away, slowly just bob along away from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's very possible for, mm-hmm. for, people, for people to do. And I think also it's very helpful because that's one of Satan's strategies is actually to allow you to remain. We see that actually in one of the parables Jesus gives about the uh, field, right? Along with the good seed, Satan comes and sows the bad seed. Mm-hmm. And they grow up together yeah. till the judgment day. Yeah. So in this net that is the visible church is being cast out and disciples are being made and brought in, there will be hypocrites mixed in with that. And the danger is, is that um, we can become comfortable and we have to ask ourselves and examine ourselves um, whether or not we be in the faith. Mm-hmm. I think also... Um, that's one of the reasons why, particularly Hebrews, gives those warnings because it's possible to be blessed by preaching. It's possible to have good feelings about Jesus. It's possible to cry during a song in church. It's possible to think that taking the Lord's Supper is powerful. Is what does the writers of the Hebrews say? Taste of the powers of the age to come, or something like that. Taste of the heavenly gifts, and yet actually never actually by faith really be united with Christ. It's possible to be on the fringes and yet actually never partake Mm -hmm. of Christ. I would say that's what Hebrews is talking about when it says those who have tasted of this, Mm -hmm. but then they have fallen away, how it's impossible for them to come back. Right. Right. And I think that's what you're describing or what's being described here. Exactly. People who've been, they've they've tasted and seen the Holy Spirit move. They've been a part of the good graces that God gives to a church family, but yet they fall away and it's that difficult you know mm-hmm. to reach them yeah. it becomes almost impossible for that and mm. you know you i think we see that too if you spend a lot of time doing leadership in a church you you see how difficult that really is to get across to people cuz you can preach that and teach these things about being careful about that and and understanding what salvation is and how it's a gift from god and all these <clears throat> things it's not what you do but yet you still counsel people in your office all the time who are just struggling with that exact concept. And you want to say, I've been t- talking about this forever, but it's just such a difficulty for people to get, mm. to get past. And sadly, a lot of people never get past mm-hmm. it. That becomes mm-hmm. their religion. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And it's hard to get through to Or them. I would also say, 
I have I have questions if you never go through spiritual difficulties yeah, yeah. because you better be. Ex- I think the the un. I mean, if you're a Christian, you're gonna go through times where it's gonna. It's going to be. You're going to go through sufferings, internal sufferings of some sort. I think. Sure. So my bigger question would be with the person who claims to never have any spiritual struggles at all, right? Mm-hmm. With believing or whatever. I mean, yeah, believing is easy. Well, believing is a supernatural thing that you can't do. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. Go out and try and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ without God's help. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can't we, do it, and, and also to sustain that belief, the Holy Spirit sustains that in you know yeah. the reception of Christ. Um, we talked in our last podcast that it was on a marriage thing with conflict. Yeah, and to be honest, if I could get rid of one conflict, it'd be that internal conflict that I'm yeah. always fighting. Mm-hmm. Right, it seems of, of like spiritual battles. It right. seems all the time in my head that I just can't. I can't run away from it. I can't turn it off. I can't, it, and it's. It is very difficult. Yeah. And yeah, so then when you meet someone who seems to never have that, it's like, well, one of us is messed up. Right. <laughs> right. I don't know which right. one, but one of us is not right. Right. You know? Right. Paul yeah. definitely in Romans 7 mm. had a real struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and it wasn't fake. Screw tape continues on and says, okay, so let him stay. That can be the temptation, right? We've got to be aware of that. That one of the things that just because you stay in the church visibly doesn't mean you're just okay. That can actually be a great temptation for you to just get comfortable and settle in and go slowly to hell if we're not careful. So he also says that the, the man here, the, the patient, Along with just going to church externally, he can be made that he'll actually eventually desire that he he wants to be distracted from real spiritual things, from the things of God. So it's interesting that none of us really want to get near God in our nature. We see that in Genesis 3. The first thing they do is they hide from God. They try to get away from him and as far away from God as they can. And even people throughout the Old Testament, even God's people, whenever God shows up as fire, they fall on their face or they get away because as sinners, it's uncomfortable to be around God. And it should be. And I think there's there's a, there's a reticence even in every true believer's heart because we're still not perfectly sanctified there's still a reticence to be near god um and we're, we're uncomfortable around him and we want to mm-hmm. we don't there's a part of us that doesn't want to face him and that's where it's interesting like we sing songs about being near to god or how we want to be near to god right <clears throat> and yeah there's a sense where it's like no you don't right right <laughs> i know you're saying this but no you don't i, right. I don't think you understand but there is another sense as those who have been saved by his grace right. and who are through the blood through the blood we're found through the blood we want to be near to God. And, and the good news, though, yeah. and even singing something like that, the good news is I can never be closer to God because Christ has completely yeah. saved me. I can't get closer to God. Now, I, you know, he's, he's sanctifying me and molding me and making me to be more in the image of his son. Mm-hmm. And I might, maybe it's better to say something like that, like, that, Lord, I want to mm-hmm. be more like your son, more right. like your son. Yeah. But to be nearer to God, he... He's brought me in mm-hmm. to his arms and that I'm right. now a child of his. So I don't even know if that phrase is really, I get it. I mean, I'm not right. going to say we should never say it. But if we say it in the sense you were talking about, you don't want to be near right. him, I promise you. Right. The way that they wanted to approach God and God was trying to teach them, the only way that you can be near to me, 
I'm a fire, your sin is if there's oh, the blood of a lamb is shed. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the only way that I'm going to live in your midst and yeah. you not be burned. Yeah. And that's the only way God's going to live <laughs> in our midst and we don't get destroyed. Mm-hmm. But screw tape says this, uh, in this state, <clears throat> um, your patient will not omit, but he will increasingly dislike his religious duties. He will think about them as little as he feels he decently can beforehand and forget them as soon as possible when they are over. A few weeks ago, you had to tempt him to unreality and inattention in his prayers, but now you will find him opening his arms to you and almost begging you to distract his purpose and benumb his heart. See, that's hard for me to hear because I I can feel this completely of what's being said here. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because my job is pastoring, that 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 makes a difference. Um, But I can see inside myself where I'm like, I just want something mindless Mm -hmm. to get me out of this state of thinking all the time or reflecting or studying or whatever needs to be done. So like you reading that hits me like, Gosh, that that is me. Where at times I definitely want that, but I I don't know. Just being open and honest, I don't know if it's a sense of because this is my job, you know, where it's constantly this thing, sure. or if it's just be normal Christian stuff. I don't know. I, I don't know if you guys ever feel that feel that way, but just. You know, some people may, might say, well, it's relaxing to go home and watch a Christian movie or something. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to think about that anymore. <laughs> I want right. to about that all day. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, no. I, I want something else. Yeah. yeah. I think you're, exper- I mean, there's different ways, I guess, you can experience what he's saying there. I mean, before I was a pastor, I think, like, I can identify even with what, what he's talking about there about it used to be. Like, I actually have to be tempted by something to get me away from any spiritual discipline, let alone mm-hmm. prayer. But now, like being a pastor, it's just kind of added on to it almost of like, been praying all day, you know, <laughs> or whatever, not really. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like I want to think about something else or, you know, right. like I teach lessons all the time here, like with youth or with another group that I'm working with right now. And it's like doing, leading a family devotion at home is almost like bringing work home with me. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's, I've made that mistake in my Mm -hmm. mind, Yeah. you know, like that's Mm -hmm. not true, but it feels that way a lot Mm -hmm. of times. It makes it difficult at times Mm -hmm. to focus on it. But then I think there's just the, the fallen part of my own nature that doesn't change of whether I'm a pastor or a pipe welder of just, you know, I want to be Distracted, mm-hmm. as he's talking about there. You know, mm-hmm. I just naturally been inclined towards mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. To both end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scrambling. But I mean, I, I understand what he's saying. I think we have to be be cautious of that and just see within us. And I think a good barometer is, you know, worship Sunday worship. Like, mm-hmm. how do how do you feel about coming to Sunday worship? Mm-hmm. If it's becoming a burden, if it's becoming you know just taxing. Yeah. Um, I think then as Christians, we need to reflect and say, what's going on here? At the same time, I think there's something to be said to a Christian who is saying this isn't enjoyable. I don't know if that's the right way to say this, or this isn't enjoyable for me right now. Like I'm not, like I've met people who have said, I don't look forward to reading my Bible. And so I don't want to be legalistic in doing it. Like I want to be, I want to enjoy it or I should enjoy it. And so I'm going to wait until it is enjoyable 
that's not what we're saying, I don't think. Mm. Like sometimes, uh, like I've heard people say that duty comes before delight. You have to discipline yourself to do it, create a habit to do it, and delight will come after. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like exercising or something that well, I don't talked about spiritual ups and downs already <laughs> mm-hmm. in this, and mm-hmm. I think we see that in just in our lives in general. We'll go through stages where <clears throat> Sunday morning we can't wait for it to get here. Mm-hmm. Or being in God's Word, we had like a week straight where it's like every time I read it, it's like God is speaking mm-hmm. directly to me, you know, or whatever. We're just really pumped yeah. about it. Um, and then we have seasons where it feels very dry, or mm-hmm. we're not super excited to go to to go to church on Sunday or whatever it might be. I think that's normal. I mean, I mm-hmm. don't. We just got to be to recognize it. Mm-hmm. We should praise God for those times that feels like mm-hmm. mountaintops. Like mm-hmm. praise Him for those times and pray through those times that are difficult. But it doesn't mean we stop doing that, right? Mm-hmm. We we still want to be faithful to those things that God has given us. Because God's Word tells us He'll use those Mm -hmm. things to get us out of that. You do it because you know it's good for you. Mm -hmm. In the moment, it's painful or Mm. trudge or work. It feels Mm -hmm. more like work than blessing Mm -hmm. to you. But they're called spiritual disciplines. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, for that reason, like you, yeah. you know, I just think sometimes people feel like they're being legalistic yeah. when they're doing it. Like, I don't want to do this legalistically. I don't want to do this because I feel like it makes God happier about mm. me. Mm-hmm. I've just heard people say that. Yeah. Sure. Right. You know, sure. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I think in letter 11 or the last one that we did, C.S. Lewis actually mentions the person that does these things <clears throat> habitually, even when there isn't any. Mm. you know feeling mm-hmm. associated right. with right. it right and that that was a good thing I yeah. think he said in yeah whenever letter. you act even whenever you know when you're doing what's right basically yeah even whenever you necessarily aren't like you know excited excited about it, yeah, about yeah, it yeah, but yeah, you yeah, know yeah. you're doing right. what's right right that that's a great place because you're 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 yeah. you're, you're doing it so the, the difference right. here though is like the person who is doing the right thing but they're doing it to increase their status with god mm-hmm or man, versus the person who's doing the right thing because of what God has done for them, and they know it's the right thing to sure. do, even though they're not feeling it. Yeah, like that's absolutely that's how people I think can determine mm-hmm. the yeah. difference that's going on yeah. in their yeah. in their life and in their walk with the Lord. Well, and also determining what those religious duties are, yeah, because we want to be because I know that um, w- things that can be helpful that might be applications. About like for instance, you need to be you need to be a lover of God's word. Well, that doesn't mean that you have to do that exactly the way that I do it. There's you know, mm-hmm. um, and so but if people have formulated one specific application of that principle that they they've made a law, mm-hmm. well, that's not actually a religious duty itself. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. just you know. Um, helping people understand, like, so for instance, going to church, that is a religious duty. Yeah. That God, God says you need to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, hearing, preaching, praying, those are religious duties, and you should do those no matter what. And that's what he's, any, will you, but, but the other thing can be is that we'll take any opportunity we can to get away from doing those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what sure. I see. I think, I mean, so let's, let's be real. Like, so like he says, um, <laughs> any opportunity that we can take to yeah. get away from reading the Bible, <clears throat> doing family devotions, praying, doing good to a fellow Christian, coming to church, mm-hmm. anything. Um, and he, he, one of the things Lewis here is writing through the screw tape, through screw tape is that people will use something they'll they'll be, they're begging to be t- 
tempted and to be led away. Their heart is actually wanting to go away from God, and so this gives them an excuse mm-hmm. to get away from God. So they're looking for something to be tempted to lead them away. Yeah, That's what he says. And he says they'll actually follow things that they don't actually enjoy. He says that they will look at advertisements in yesterday's newspaper. They'll talk to people about things they're not interested in, or they'll just stare at a dead fire doing nothing because they don't want to be near God. And and you can think about ways that we'll do that to fritter our time away. Our and phone. All, and all sorts. Yeah. That's what I was... We watched the lions. <laughs> the internet. Watching the lions for 50, 60 years. That's a great example, Tim. It's like beating your head with a hammer. Yeah. Don't and, do it. Yeah, you just keep don't doing it. Don't do it, right? Searching the internet, scanning Facebook, checking the news, reading Twitter, staring at screens, mm. doing all sorts of things that you don't actually... If you're honest with yourself, you don't actually gain that much enjoyment out of. Right. And yet you still do them because they distract you away from things that you really don't want to be near God. It's funny. This is what you know leads, I think, to the percentages that we talked about earlier of nominal Christians mm-hmm. when people look at these numbers. Because I can't tell you how many people I talk to when you talk about like Sunday morning church and you notice numbers go down. And it's just because people don't come as regular. And you talk to people maybe who used to be pretty regular and you ask them these questions like, I didn't notice you Sunday. What'd you do? Well, you know, we went to the pumpkin patch. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why? Well, it was going to rain in the afternoon and we wanted to go. And so there was the only time, you know, my grandkids could go and this. And so we got together and we went on Sunday morning and they make it sound very righteous and holy, mm-hmm. like this act that they did with their family. Right. But it's like, you are looking for a reason not to come. You could go to the pumpkin patch any time, right. mm-hmm. you know, right. all these different things. But you you decided to put that over going to worship. Right. Why? Right. You know, why? Mm -hmm. And it's the same even, I mean, I would get on some guys' cases that I know, they choose to work on Sunday all the time, and they say, well, you know, we got to work seven, and I know, no, you probably don't. Right. But I know you make double time on Sunday, and I bet that's a big factor to you. Right. Right? And so then you have to really start asking these questions of, of why, and so... I don't want people to think I'm standing up there and notice who's gone and studying why. There's reasons to not be at church on Sunday morning. I, I get that. But I think that's we hopefully can see within ourselves that this mm-hmm. is true or not mm-hmm. and see how easy it is right. to fall into that. Right. You know, it's like, well, sure. and I've heard this too. And that might sound foolish to a lot of people, but my family's always owned season tickets. And they got handed down to me, and so I own season right, tickets to right. the Lions. It's on Sunday, and so we go to the home games. Right, right. You know, the good news is we've got season tickets here to church. <laughs> yeah, every every Sunday's free. Yeah, hey, man, they're you know? free. I mean, and you know what? You get eternal life as well thrown into oh, that. I mean, you get eternal life, you go to church. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Is this wow. what we're teaching now? Uh, hey, okay, you know, we just had a Reformation thing a couple of times. You know, that's true. Um, so, this, so this brings to mind, to my mind uh, the parable of the sower. This is from Mark 4, and this is Jesus speaking. Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And uh, And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while, then when tribulation or persecution arises on the account of the word, immediately they fall away. And then here's the one that really stuck mm-hmm. out in my mind here. And the other ones are the sown among the thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness 
of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful. Yeah. Like yeah. that really is what came into my mind when right. I heard I heard that's this really, part of this. That's really good. And the sad thing is, the crazy thing is, is we're longing for the thorns in, yeah. some, in some way. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, want sure. the thorns to yeah. choke us out. because, yeah. it, And that's the sad thing. That's what sin does to us. It's suicidal. Yeah. It's suicidal. Yeah. And I think one of the things this does to all of us, um, whether it be with, you know, um, one of the things that you may as a parent be recalled to do is to, to spend time with your kid. But how often have I said, you know, no, da- no, dad needs to go do this. Well, I'm just using that as an excuse because I really don't want to be bothered with this right now. Yeah. Or, or, or it can be applied to church. It can yeah. be applied to all sorts of things. But what this does is it calls our bluff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the reality is, is we're just doing what we want to do when we're making yeah. excuses for yeah. it. Yeah. I, think, I don't know if this is really helpful or not, but something that I've done in the past that I think others can do knowing that about yourself that you are easily tempted away and that you actually want to be distracted from the things of the Lord is really what it comes down to is you just need to go ahead and make a decision now for mm-hmm. what you're going to do in the future. Mm-hmm. You just need to make the decision. Me and my family are not going to go on vacation on Sundays. We will, we'll, we will come back on Saturday mm-hmm. And that's just what we're going to do. I'm not saying that's right for everybody. That's just an example. Yeah. Or like make a decision, like if you're a hunter, I just won't go hunting on Sunday mornings. I've, and I've made that decision. That's what I'm going to do. And if I do, it needs to be somewhere close enough to where I can get to church on time. But you just need to make that decision. Or if it's family worship, and you know the importance of that, right. so that you're not distracted from doing that, you just make the decision. Right. Like this is going to be the priority. Mm-hmm. And make that decision ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So that whenever other things do come to it, you can remind yourself, yeah. have the conversation with your wife. You already have the other answer. Faithful, you already have the answer. <laughs> right. And if somebody says to you, hey, you weren't here on Sunday, you say, yeah, I was out hunting. Give them permission to say to you, wait, you told me yeah. that you weren't going to do that. <laughs> and so have friends that will hold you accountable mm-hmm. to it. But I think a lot of it really does come down to something that simple. Mm-hmm. You just need to make the decision right. and say it. And then you have to, then comes following through with it. Right. So let me say a sidebar here. Scott in no way, shape, or form knows that this podcast is going to be released on November 12th. (laughs) And on November 15th, which is a Sunday, is opening Opening day day. of gun rifle season in Michigan, of which many of our own members, I'm sure, will be in the woods hunting. Scott did not know that ahead of time, I don't believe. But he will be watching to see who's here (laughs) and who's not. I let it be known. I will be here. I'm not going to. You know, listen. I'd like to be hunting, but I'm not. Softly and tenderly, Scott is calling. (laughs) There'll be an extra, extra outpouring of blessing at church on yeah. that <laughs> Will you hand out like beef jerky at the door? Oh, no, we're, oh, no. yeah. we're going to be singing a quartet. <laughs> oh, okay. Gosh. I'm going to be hunting. <laughs> wow. Anyway, so Scott didn't know that. That Scott was all Holy Spirit led. Yeah, was, wow. wow. <laughs> but I mean, think of like that. That applies not just to no, hunting right. on Sunday it's mornings. That like, family I know so many families yeah. who like, and we've, we've talked about this many times, but like their kids' sports just overtake their lives and keep them from the important things. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, before your kids are even old enough to play sports, make the decision right. about like, how much are we going to allow this to invade our lives? See, and that's where, like, again, there's so much to these questions, these things that we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've seen it go the other direction to where it is legalistic and it yeah. just becomes this worship of of church service and, yeah, and yeah. this and... So, like, for, 
you have to understand grace, and grace needs to be a part of it. And so, if you miss a Sunday, you're not going to hell because of that. You know, yep. if you if you do go to vacation and you don't go to church while you're on vacation, that's okay. If your kid plays in a tournament on a Sunday, that's okay. We're not saying that that's a bad thing, but it definitely becomes what we're talking about mm-hmm. to where it's almost as if, it, as if you're seeking that stuff out. Sunday's now mm-hmm. another day. Sunday becomes travel day. Yeah. Right. Our vacation right. then Saturday, and Sunday yeah. we travel right. home. Right. Or So the question is, like, yeah, you have one vacation a year. If you're gone on Sunday, are we going to be upset with you? No. But if you, if one of your kids wants to play on a travel team, mm-hmm. and you, in hearing the information about this league, you see on the paper every game is on a Sunday, should you sign up for that? No. Probably not. You should right. not. Yeah. Yep. If it means your family's going to be away from church for extended periods of time, yeah. that is going to be the, the spiritual detriment of your family. Right. And the decision you need to make is sorry, you can't play on that team mm-hmm. or you yeah. can't play in this sport. If there's a different sport that plays on a different day of the week, then mm-hmm. let's do that. Mm-hmm. But like th- that's the difference, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like if you know and you're making the decision ahead of time to, to do things that will essentially mean you cannot engage mm-hmm. in spiritually good activities for mm-hmm. you, you've just got to make that decision right. ahead it's, of time. It's interesting because in our sermon this week, we're in Samuel in... Uh, David was getting ready to sin to go kill Nabal, and the Lord protected David from himself. Mm -hmm. And so often what we do to ourselves is we don't even protect ourselves from sinning. Mm -hmm. We seriously set ourselves up (laughs) for failure. You know, it's like being on a diet and saying, I'm just going to drive by the restaurant. I just want to whiff. I'm not going to eat anything. Taco Bell. We were just, we were just talking about yeah. the smell of Burger King. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. And you're like just setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we do that, though, with sin as well. Right. It's like, I'll watch the movie, but I'll fast forward the bad parts. Or I'll yeah. watch this show, and I'll yeah. do this. Or, you know, we, right. we talk ourselves into these things yeah. that we know we will sin. Right. We know it's going to lead to that. Yeah. But it's as if we want it, right. and that's yes. what's. And I think that's. And I think so. I think for our our current present situation, like you said, Tim earlier, the phones or someone said the phones, screens, yeah, yeah. screens, and now COVID, those two things mixed together mm. have made a, a. Those are those are just our generations, our present time. I shouldn't say generations, even like that's just this year. Yeah, right. Temptations, yeah, mm. to, that are going to to they should cause us to wonder why am I doing what I'm doing? What mm-hmm. does that reveal about the value system that I hold that I think is important? So right? you mentioned COVID. How does that like, what I'm I just want you is, to is, tease that out a little bit. So I'm saying like, I think we would all be remiss. You're setting him up for failure. Is that what that was? No, I'm setting him up into something. Okay. <laughs> I just, no, I'm just kidding. But I'm, I'm saying, kidding. no, what I'm, all I'm saying is, 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 is People COVID, COVID, COVID is, a, is the perfect opportunity to, to say, now for some people, that is a legitimate concern about yeah. health reasons. Right. For other people, yeah. it can be used as an excuse. Now, exactly. only the person who's listening to this can decide whether or not, what right. they're doing with that, yeah. Yeah. whether or not it's a legitimate concern for them, or whether or not they're using this perhaps as a welcomed like it's hard. or excuse. It's really hard to say, well, why weren't you at church? Well, I COVID, you know, we're nervous about COVID. Well, that's weird. I see on Facebook, you threw a Halloween party at your house the night before. Mm. You know, I see right. your kids went out trick-or-treating. You didn't sure. use it for them. And, not, sure. and so sure. I'm not, I don't even know of anyone specifically who did that. So I'm, right. not, I'm just, right. that's what we're getting at. That's a right. practical way that people use it as an excuse right. where it's like, mm-hmm. what? What are you right. talking because about? Because I think what we've seen with, with <clears throat> COVID since March or whenever is 
is that it's I think we what we want more than anything and I think what we should all want is to realize the spiritual hurt. It's not, it should not be spiritually normal and it's not healthy for you to be away from God's people yeah. for that length of mm-hmm. time. And there should be some sense of of uh, Im- of impoverishment I'm going to say. Even if you're saying I'm doing this for a legitimate reason, for health reasons, you should feel like I wish I could be there. Mm-hmm. Like, I, th- so I mean, I, I think, think about our shut-ins, right? I and mean, I'm, not even during COVID, but just anytime, shut-ins throughout yeah, history. Yeah, yeah. When you go visit them, they wish and they're they could just be like, here. I wish so bad right. I could be at church. And you're like, if I could do one thing, I mean, seriously, yeah. if I could do one thing right now, I, go I would church. go to church one more time. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah, and, and, and they you're just like, yes, want it. And yeah, you're like yes, I, I, I. And there's been people through this who've been said the same thing to me. They're like, right. Through this COVID, we're just not comfortable, or you know, I, right. I've had cancer, and so, and we wish so bad that we could go to church, and I believe it. Right. I believe Absolutely. what they're right. saying, right. you know. But you just see in others, you know, at times it's sure. like, okay, I know you're saying the COVID thing, but <clears throat> right. I, I see you doing a lot of other stuff. Like, right. I, I'm, and I can't judge a heart. That's where I'm so thankful. I am not the judge of a person's heart when it comes to the nominal faith we've been talking about. Yeah. yeah. Because number one, I would go to hell probably because I would judge myself unfit all the time, but I would judge other people unfit all the time. And I, like you said, only one person can judge this and it's you as you listen to this between you and God. Right. I don't know. And we don't have a list here at the church or anything like that. It's just, that's a possible temptation. Yes. It's just a practical thing right now right. that really does make sense because it would be easy for me to... I know many people for work. If they go into work and they tell their boss, I've been around someone with COVID, they're off two weeks and they have to get paid. Hmm. Oh, what an easy temptation of sin hmm. Sure, to lie. Yeah. So you get two weeks off of work. COVID. I'm sorry. I was around someone with COVID. Right. They have no way to tell you you didn't. Hmm. Right, but it's a sin, you know. That's just a, it's an excuse, and it's the same right. when dealing or with church, or yeah, or screens or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, a a welcome embrace that we can do that. And eventually, Screw Tape says here about one. He says, of course, in the dark humor of the um, mm-hmm. of the letter here, that he had one person who eventually came down uh, to hell, and he says and says this. I now see that I spent most of my life in doing neither what I ought nor what I liked. <laughs> And, yeah. and, and I think the reality is, is there's going to be a lot of people, um, sad to say, facing God's wrath that are going to say that they didn't really enjoy this life that much, mm-hmm. but they also never did anything that they should have done with their lives. Yeah. And, and I think that's the temptation we have to, that this is letter is trying to get through is don't just waste your life frittering it away on nothingness. Collecting doing seashells. Yeah, doing. Se- <laughs> I was gonna say, are you gonna, are you gonna promote <laughs> no. a Piper book? <laughs> okay. Don't waste your life. Yeah. Sounds like a book title. Um, so, lastly, Screw Tape tells Wormwood uh, that the safest road to hell is the gradual one. He he uh, writes uh, near the end here at the very end. He says this: It does not matter how small the sins are, provided that their cumulative effect is to edge the man away from the light and out into the nothing. Murder is no better than cards, if cards can do the trick. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without <laughs> signposts. Ain't that fascinating? Because he just described... We've, mm-hmm. So we've done a video today, two podcasts, and it's all went together. I can't remember where we talked about this. <laughs> Maybe it was this podcast, but where we said we don't 
trust the person who's never had any spiritual conflict within themselves. That yeah. was this podcast, correct? Yeah. That describes that, right? Yeah. The person who doesn't just on this nice, right. gentle slope. Mm-hmm. Right, forever. Yeah. Just with they are you asked how life was good. I mean we just right. and I'm a good person. I'm a good person and right. I'm not rich. I'm not poor. I'm just okay. I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. And that comfortableness mm-hmm. is the is the trick. And we never think that that could be used by Satan as one possible way. We yeah. don't. We don't think about that. We think about like uh, who uh, Christopher Hitchens, right? Yeah, the dogged atheist right. to the very end, the British guy who is just <laughs> like really whole, or sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? Just think really about, blatant things like that. Think about the goal of our society is to not, at least to me, this is what I see. I guess someone could argue against me. We don't like to deal with reality. Right. We despise dealing with suffering. Mm. We despise dealing with death. Yeah. And we do everything we can to get away from it. Mm-hmm. It's very taboo and it's very uncomfortable. When you, mm. If you bring those topics up, if you're in those situations, I mean, even sometimes with families, with their own loved ones, there's like, Pastor, we want you to go in there with them mm. because they're uncomfortable to be mm, around right. their loved one as they die. And that's, right. that's real. That's reality. And... The Bible speaks to reality. It doesn't hide from death. Right. It doesn't hide from sin. It doesn't hide from shame or suffering. It speaks directly to it. Right. Gives us an answer of why it's there and also gives us the solution to it. Mm. Right. But people don't want to deal with that because it is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to have this conflict within myself all the time mm-hmm. of trying to be more like Christ and fighting those battles and feeling bad when I fall. But again, understanding grace, which right. lifts me from that. Sure. But still, it is a struggle. It is hard yes. to do, but it's reality. It's real. Right. But our society constantly tells us, get away from reality. Mm-hmm. Get away from it all and go on vacation. Numb get a- Right, yeah, numb it. Get away from it all. Be on your phone. Watch some funny videos. Right. You know? Look at watch, that cat. Yeah, watch it. Right now, for me, golf, <laughs> golf clips. Right? All that stuff. But we, our society just pushes so much against it. Mm-hmm. And that that's comfort and that that's yeah. good. And sadly, I think that's what's mm-hmm. leading so many people yeah. to hell. Yeah. As they don't want to face reality. There's a previous letter in this where, uh, maybe we did it, where Screwtape says, you know, it's better for people to die um, yeah, uh, surrounded in, 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 in places where they are lied to by doctors. <laughs> lied to by people. It'd be better for people to be. And we think about our modern day situation, the way that we deal with death. Mm-hmm. We put people in artificial situations and no one else has to see them die. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and we just, you know, we, we, like you said, we don't deal with it with a, a really raw way, um, mm-hmm. not an unbiblical way. Right. Um, but we, but we don't deal with it with the appropriateness. I mean, that could just hit me today. I was reading Ecclesiastes and, uh, it says death is, this is the end of everyone. I mean, it doesn't matter whether or not I live to be 90 or if I die in a week, we're all going, as the Bible says, we're all, you all go to the same place. And by that, I'm interpreting that meaning you're all going to go pass through death unless the Lord comes. Mm -hmm. We're all going to die. And we don't talk about that. Mm -hmm. And also, and so we, 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 we escape from that. We, 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 uh, we don't deal with that. And then we, we try to hide, hide in comfort. Mm-hmm. And try to numb it, whether they be through literal drugs or through technology, yeah, or through mm-hmm. whatever whatever numbs away the pain. Mm-hmm. But it can't. Yeah, and that's what breaks your heart, right? Because yeah. we we want to tell people about grace, and we've we've received right. this grace. 
that allows us to deal with the realities of yeah. life and to not succumb to them, right. to not be dragged down by them. Because we, we understand God's great grace of just lets us live another day. Right. I was listening to a podcast not too long ago. Maybe you guys had too. And this guy was reading with his wife out of Leviticus. Now, why people do that, right? You're like, what? But he was saying how it just dawned on him how much grace was in Leviticus because all these rules for the high priest to enter the Holy of Holies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yet you don't read of many of them dying, which they all probably should have when they right. went in there because they were yeah. all guilty. And there's no way they did the bathing right every time. There's no way they did all this stuff right. But mm-hmm. God in his grace just allowed them to, to live. And when you look at reality and you do it in light of God's grace, of what he's blessed us with, you just see his grace all over the place, and it really makes life more joyful and more peaceful, even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of reality, which is difficult, because you just see really how good God is, even in the midst of these things, to give us anything good. And I think that's the, the the reality is is why why do we bring up death? Why do we bring up judgment? It's not because we want to end there. No, it's right. because the road to hell that is actually not safe, even though it may feel comfortable to us. Jesus took the really uncomfortable way to hell, yeah, and did it for us <laughs> yeah. on the cross, so mm-hmm. that I don't have to go there. And whenever He rose. Mm-hmm. By faith, whenever I place my trust in him and look to him, I raise in him and mm-hmm. with him. That's why we talk about these things, because the ultimate, the ultimate salvation is not to just get depressed and think about these things. It's to think about these things, be confronted with their reality, right. so that we look to him and see our sufficiency, God's yeah. grace in him, Amen, yeah. that we're, we're safe. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And yeah. you know what? Uh, nothing can separate us uh, from, from his love. And that's why we talked about this just the other day. Pastor Scott was talking about, I remember, in my office. But that's why, for centuries, Christians have been the ones who've ran into scary situations to minister to people. People who are sick and dying, Christians ran to them to care for them. And a lot of Christians died from that illness then later for doing that. But why did they run into those situations? They weren't scared of death because they knew death didn't hold them at all. Right. 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 Um, and really, we're the only ones who should be doing that and have the hope in mm-hmm. that. I don't want the lost person to go run and care for that sick person. Right. They're lost. Right. right? Mm-hmm. I rather let me do it. Right. Let me step in and do it. Right. I know I'm secure. Right. Or right. I don't say it in yeah. a bragging way. I'm right. just saying because I know who God is right. in this. So. Right. Um, yeah, I think that was. And a there's good so point much more satisfaction. We talked about satisfaction in the, the video that comes to us also. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about the the doing things that I don't like or I shouldn't do, and the reality is, is whenever you come to know Christ, even and even reading a book or reading anything in God's common grace, because you're a Christian now becomes a gift from God because you realize that everything comes from his hand and you're yeah. able to enjoy life yeah. with a re- with a vitality you're able to enjoy your toil under the sun because it's from God mm-hmm. and it has a purpose at the end of the day now because yeah. we're in Christ mm-hmm. we're in him okay well very good guys thank you so much for uh, the conversation we hope it's been uh, helpful for you at home um, and we hope that if uh you know, we've been away from it for a little bit, but if you wanted to check out chapter 12 of the Screw Tape Letters, it's a great uh, chapter, kind of a uh, 
chapter that kind of just makes you think about your own spiritual life and uh, calls us back to uh, life in Jesus Christ and the joy that's found in Him. Uh, Thank you for listening, and we hope you uh, have a great week. Take care. God bless.